It's time for the Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. It's Wednesday, February 3rd, 2016. We have 16 vessels on today's Columbia River ship schedule. In our marine weather forecast, we have a gale warning in effect from 7 a.m. this morning through this afternoon. And today we're going to be talking about uh, an incident that's been happening in the waters off France involving a a car carrier, one of those high-sided vessels that has been floating way over on its side now for about a week. And uh, this reminds us of, uh, reminds me anyway, of a a similar situation that happened a number of years ago here in the waters off Alaska with a ship that was also hanging way over on its side. And we'll talk a little bit about why a ship might do this, what's going on on board, and what can they do about it. But first, let's take a look at today's Columbia River ship schedule. We have six inbounders, we have six in the Astoria anchorage, and we have four outbounders heading downriver and out to sea. Our first arrival in the river this morning is the Spar Hydra. She's arriving from China, headed for Vancouver's Anchorage. She's going upriver to pick up a cargo of soda ash at the port of Portland, and she will pass Astoria around 6.30 a.m. You might see her in the Vancouver area anchoring there for a bit around 12.30 p.m. The ATB articulated tug and barge rig, the Dublin Sea, is arriving from Port Angeles, headed for Portland. Her cargo is refined petroleum. She'll pass Astoria around 8.30 a.m. You might see her in Portland around 3.30 this afternoon. The Strigla is arriving from South Korea, headed for Astoria's anchorage. She's a bulk carrier. She'll arrive there at about 1.30 p.m. The Capitan Georgis is uh, arriving from South Korea, headed for the Rainier Anchorage near Longview. She will, uh, right across the river from Longview, she will um, pass Astoria around 1.30 p.m., and you might see her maybe around 5 p.m. in Rainier. Next inbound is the Green Lake. She's a car carrier. She's arriving from Vancouver, British Columbia, headed for Vancouver, Washington. Her cargo is brand new Subarus. She'll pass Astoria around 4.30 p.m. and arrive in Vancouver by about 10.30 p.m. The Pan Unity is arriving from Japan, headed for Astoria's anchorage. She's going upriver to pick up wheat, but she'll arrive in the anchorage off Astoria around 11.30 p.m. Also in the anchorage, we have the G.H. Power. She's headed for Kalama today to pick up wheat. She's leaving around noon. You might see her in Kalama by about 5 p.m. That leaves uh, about five vessels awaiting orders in the anchorage. The Peace Gem, the Katerina, the ADS Galtesund, the Conti Spinel, and the Belle Etoile. And we also have at least three ships that are waiting to come into the river that are offshore, off the mouth of the river, waiting the opportunity to come in and anchor also or, or pass by Astoria and head up to ports. And our outbounders, we have the Santiago Basin. She's leaving Longview carrying pet coke around noontime, passing Astoria outbound around 3.30 p.m. The Port Star is heading out of Kalama carrying corn, soy, or maybe wheat on board, leaving around 12.30 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 5.30 p.m. The Ho Triton is leaving Portland. She has brand new Hyundais on board. She's a car carrier, one of those very high-sided vessels. So keep that picture in your mind of a very high-sided ship Um, looks almost like a big floating barn or something. Um, They're actually quite seaworthy because we're going to talk about a ship that looks like that in a minute. So the Ho Triton is departing around 6 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around midnight. And the Diamond Indus is our final outbound ship of the day so far, leaving Portland with weed on board around 10.30 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 5 a.m. on Thursday morning. Well, in our marine weather forecast, we have uh, a gale warning in effect through this afternoon, small craft advisory for hazardous seas in effect from this evening through uh, this afternoon. And uh, so we have this gale warning. That means winds of 34 to 47 knots are imminent or occurring. And uh, we have that small craft advisory for hazardous seas. It means seas are... could be 10 feet or higher out there through this afternoon. So the the weather is ramping up a little bit. 
Today in the forecast, we have southeast winds 20 to 25 knots, gusting to 35, um, veering around to the south later in the day um, with gusts to 30 in the afternoon. Winds from the south, six feet high at about six seconds apart. We have west, those are wind waves. We have westerly swells coming in from further out to sea, seven feet at about 11 seconds apart. We have a couple of secondary swell um, issues going on out there. Secondary swell from the west, four feet high at 16 seconds apart, subsiding later on a bit um, to about three feet. And then we have another secondary swell, southwest nine feet at nine seconds apart. So a lot going out there this morning coming from slightly different directions, southwest and west, um, all generally from the same direction. Sometimes you see waves coming from opposite directions, and that can create some sloppy conditions out there. Rain early in the morning, then showers and a slight chance of thunderstorms in the afternoon. Well, during the past week, the nautical news lens has been on the car carrier Modern Express. She's been floating at about a 45-degree angle in the Bay of Biscay off the coast of France. Now, those of us who are ship watchers, we've seen a car ship looking like this before. In 2006, the car ship Cougar Ace also ended up on its side in the ocean off Alaska. It's an odd and dangerous situation in both cases for both of these ships. So I want to compare them a little bit because we know more about the Cougar Ace than we know about the, what's happening with this ship, the Modern Express, right now. Now, in both scenarios, the crew was removed safely from the ship, and the vessels were eventually towed to safety. The Modern Express is being towed right now. But what makes a ship do something so odd to flip over on its side without actually sinking? And how can it remain seaworthy enough to be towed if it's just tipping so far off center? Well, all of this has to do with how ships are built, how they're designed, and to some degree, the weather they find themselves in when things go awry. Now, in the case of the Cougar Ace, which at this point, as I said, we know more about, her problems were caused by her computerized ballast water system. Now, ships are required to take on ballast water when they don't have sufficient cargo to give them stability. So the, the ballast water adds weight when they don't have enough cargo on board. So there are regulations about how ballast water needs to be handled when you are going to, coming into port and leaving port. And out in the ocean, ships, are, depending on where they're going, are required to jettison some of that ballast water or all of it before they come into port to avoid invasive species issues. Now, the computer system on the Cougar Ace and possibly on this other ship, certainly the computer system, what it's supposed to do is to make sure that water is taken on or pumped out of those ballast water tanks in a balanced way. If something goes wrong with that process, as it happened on the Cougar Ace, the computers malfunctioned, then the tanks ended up being unbalanced with more water on one side than the other, and that meant the ship could just not stay upright. The Cougar Ace ended up dangerously tipped over. Its natural buoyancy, its very high sides, and something called writing moment. It's a designed in tendency for a ship to want to stay upright. All of these things helped it to not sink. What also helped is the fact that it was in Alaska waters in summer, which is, are much calmer than in winter. But had anything happened to compromise the watertight nature of that ship, meaning if she developed any kind of serious leak, she could have easily gone under. Now, car ships, they're called roll-on, roll-off vessels, have a lot of air inside them inherently compared to, say, a bulk carrier loaded with a mineral cargo. So ships like the Cougar Ace and the Modern Express have a bit more going for them when it comes to sinking or not sinking, that all that air trapped inside can provide buoyancy as well. We'll find out later if the Modern Express had computer problems. The people on board were lucky to get off safely. 
And it looks like another crack salvage team took on the job and saved the day with the Modern Express as, as they did on the Cougar Ace. Before the ship could run aground or hit another vessel, they took a great risk, these salvage folks, uh, boarding an unstable ship to prevent a disaster or a terrible accident if another ship had hit the Modern Express because it was drifting unlighted in an area used by other vessels. And for risking their lives, these salvage folks will be paid handsomely for their work, and well they should. You've been listening to The Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. Thanks for listening. You can find a podcast of this program on my website at shipreport.net. Have a great day.